Hello and welcome to our teacher talk where experts and parents share their knowledge and their experience with you guys. This is our third episode. My name is Mario and I'm a certified kindergarten teacher from Germany and I already do this podcast in German. Now I translate all of that into English to make it more accessible for everybody. Today is the third episode and we will be talking about mistakes we make using consequences. It will be about two parts. First part will be mistakes we make when we set up rules or give instructions uh, instructions to children. Very interesting part. Third part is going to be the actual mistakes we make when we use consequences. I decided to put them both together because they are just very well connected. When we make mistakes, giving consequences, uh, when we make mistakes, sorry, When we make mistakes, giving instructions, most likely we have to use some consequence at some point. So let's talk about that too. But don't forget, in the fourth episode next week, we will be talking about the triangulation relationship between mother, father and child. What is it exactly? What kind of jobs is this triangulation having? And does it always have to be mother, father and child? So right now, let's get right to it. By the way, if you got questions, leave us a comment or send us an email at podcast at Don't worry, you do not have to learn German. All the links will be down in the description. Also, you can find us on Facebook, like us, share us, subscribe to us. That's great help to our channel. And we have a small webpage called wiesenabenteuereltern.de. Once again, all the links are in the description. You might find something that's interesting for you. We got trips in and around Berlin. Also, we offer some consultation. So pay us a visit. It might be interesting for you. Well, so let's start off with the mistakes we make when we set up rules or give instructions. And one of the first mistakes most likely we all have been making at this point already is giving too many instructions or setting up too many rules. When we set up too many rules or give too many instructions at once, obviously we will overwhelm our children and basically give them no chance whatsoever to actually follow the rules or follow our instructions in that moment. They will be completely confused. It will be hard for them to actually process all the things going on at the same time and they will be completely overwhelmed. What that does obviously is they have no choice but to break the rules or not follow the instructions because they simply can't. When there are too much or too many rules being or instructions being imposed at the same time. We basically put them in a cage, which is something that we definitely want to avoid, putting them in this metaphorical cage of rules and instructions. The second one, on the other hand, is not having enough rules, not giving enough instructions, which could sound confusing at this moment, because you might think, well, but what if I can't do too much? How can I do not enough and the idea is quite simple behind that because our children look to us every day for guidance they have not learned about this world we live in yet or just partially learned obviously depending on the age but they want to learn they want to they always seek some kind of guidance which is also where our behavior as a role model every day comes into play. And when we do not set 
enough rules or give enough instructions, a lot of times they get somewhat confused, not in a conscious way. They're not going like, hey, what's going on here right now? They, they just have this lack of security of how to move in this environment that they are in in that moment. So we want to, at the same time, while we do not want to lock them in a cage, we want to give them some secure guidance so they can follow our, let's call it wisdom to a degree, or at least observe the things that we hopefully have learned or have learned as grown-ups in the past and gain more internal security for themselves, which is a very important point to allow our children to feel safe and through that gain their own internal security. And that's what we do when we set up rules to make sure they are safe, they can feel safe and know what to do and what not to do. The third mistake we might be making when we give instructions or set up rules is making too tough rules, giving too tough instructions. And that's a point where we have to manage our expectations. That will also be a mistake using consequences. We have to manage our expectations to a good degree because the moment we give instructions that are impossible to handle for our children, we basically doom them from the start to fail. They will never be able to follow the rule that we set up or follow the instruction that we give them when the instruction is simply too tough for them. An example that I like to use sometimes is, well, they should play in their room. Maybe we have a home office day now with a crisis going on and all of that type of stuff. And they're supposed to play in their room for the rest of the day quietly. I'm over-exaggerating. I hope that's clear to everybody. But that... That that instruction or that rule, however you want to call it in that moment, is way too hard for a kid depending on the ages. And even for me as a grown-up, I, I would lose a little bit. If you lock me in a room for the rest of the day, tell me to do something quiet, at some point I would not just get really bored, I would get really annoyed too as a grown-up. So when we cannot re- realistically expect that type of behavior from a grown-up, we should never try to expect that from a child. So we got to make sure that our rules are realistic and not too tough for them. One question that comes up a lot is, well, my kid is this and that old, 30 years old, 5 years old, 6 years old, what can I expect? And it's always a bit of a tricky one and I never liked this question too much because it really depends on the children. My whole idea about teaching children to go as down low as I can on the individual level, to make sure I treat every kid not like a chart, but like the child that it is. And some kids, a lot of, every kid is very, very different from another. So what I can recommend, if you're not sure what to expect from your child at a certain age, first of all, try to observe other children and ask other parents what they think. But one of the best sources you have most likely will be your kindergarten teachers or your children's kindergarten teacher or teachers at school. These teachers spend a lot of time with your children on a daily basis. They 
usually know your children quite well. And on top of that, they are professionals. So most likely they will be able to give you the best guidance that you could ask for in these moments. And the last but not least mistake we can make when we give instructions or set up rules is not being clear enough. Not being clear enough in the instructions that we give or the rules that we set up. Because we want to make sure that the rules and instructions can be understood easily by our children, while at the, at the same time also fit as many situations as possible. And this can be a little bit tricky occasionally, because there's also something that I like to call the don't trap. The don't trap is basically the moment when we give instructions that tell the kid to not do something. Let's say Timmy wants to throw the ball. He shouldn't throw the ball. We say, Timmy, don't throw the ball. Something very interesting happens in, the, in a child's brain a lot of times, which is they basically filter out the don't. The only thing they hear is throw the ball. So they will throw the ball. So the don't gets filtered out. And on top of that, it's not just that sometimes the don't gets filtered out. On top of that, we have no alternative mode of behavior that we kind of presented to the kid. So it might be better to state, hey, Timmy, please put the ball down. So he has the alternative mode of behavior, basically, to, ah, okay, I should put the ball down. We shift the focus from throwing the ball to putting the, uh, to putting the ball down. But to finalize what I like to do in that moment, I like to double down and use both raises. I say, hey, Timmy, do not throw the ball. Please put the ball down. So he knows he shouldn't throw the ball and he should put the ball down. With that doubling up, I kind of have all scenarios covered in a way. Even when he filters out the don't to a degree, he will maybe look at me and I say, and then I say again, yes, please put the ball down to reaffirm my initial instruction to tell him to put the ball down instead of putting the focus on not throwing the ball. These little things can help a lot sometimes, especially in an everyday situation, because they are quite pragmatic and simple, which is why I like to use that. A lot of these rules or mistakes or the experience that I have, I'm not a big fan of concepts as a whole because concepts, they do not work for everybody in my opinion. And secondly, they do not work in every situation. So we have already two, actually three variables where they might work or not work. It depends on the child. It depends on the grown-up. And it depends on the situation if these concepts or ideas work. So I try to look at all of these ideas as pragmatic as possible. And by the way, on top of that, all of these mistakes that I will be talking about today, I guarantee you I have made it. And most likely, the majority of parents listening to that here have made the same mistakes. So I want to state here too that it's completely normal to make all of these mistakes. It happens. We want to try to be guided 
by the ideal, but don't beat yourself up if you do not reach an ideal. Because it always depends on the situation and depends on so many circumstances that you have no control over that sometimes we make mistakes and it's completely normal. We want to try not to make them. But if you make them, try to do it better next time. That's, I think, the best and most pragmatic way to think about that. Well, from these mistakes, setting up rules, giving instructions to children, we want to move on to the second part, to our actual part about consequences, mistakes we make when we try to use consequences. And I want to kick this off with two topics or two, two little things. That's my cell phone. Sorry, guys. Let me turn that off real quick. Here we go. And two things that I feel are necessary to mention. The first one, although the first one is more of one thing that I feel necessary to mention. The second one is a question that I had myself for quite quite some time, actually. The first one is please do not use food for consequences. Any sort of food situation you want to avoid in your consequences in general, it can lead to all kinds of problematic behavior, eating disorders, which we definitely want to avoid. And that that should be, I think, clear to most people, though, that we kind of want to stay away from that and rather find something else for consequence. One example, child throwing their food on the floor the whole time, depending on what age again, be careful with that. Um, just make them clean it up. Or tell them to clean it up. If they are very small, you can clean it up with them. You do not even have to be angry about it. Talk about that in a second too. You just help them clean it up. So they learn, oh wow, my actions have a literal consequence. When I make something messy, I most likely have to clean it up. So stay away from the whole food thing, please. The next topic is timeouts. One of the one of the topics really that it's been made fun of the most maybe in modern stand-up comedy when talking about children. I don't know how many times I've heard the phrase timeouts. We didn't have timeouts. We had spankings or something to that sort. And I have to admit, I had to wonder quite a lot why, or I was wondering a lot, why timeouts are so questionable. So a little bit back, I, I did... I did some research to make sure that I start to understand it because I had really hard times to understand it. And I know from a lot of parents, they have sometimes hard times to understand it too, why a timeout is actually so problematic or can be quite questionable in a lot of situations. Because when we use a consequence, there's already a situation that most likely our child will have been somewhat overwhelmed by somewhat not been able to deal with it on its own and when we sit that child now into a timeout on a chair or whatever it is by itself it doesn't f it's, it's not able to figure out much because it's already overwhelmed by the situation otherwise we wouldn't have had that problematic situation so one thing that we want to do instead of leaving them alone we want to basically some people called it a guided timeout, where we sit down with them and try again to help them guide their thoughts. 
and help them reflect on the situation, which is kind of the idea that laid be behind what I was saying in the last episode about how I handle consequences myself as a kindergarten teacher. So it kind of ties into that. We do not necessarily just want to sit them down and make them think by themselves alone because they're already overwhelmed. We might want to consider sitting down with them, talking about the situation, not leaving them alone in a most likely state of shame they already feel, which is a natural reaction when we do something bad. We feel shame and we do not want to leave them alone with that because they are already overwhelmed and it would just make this overwhelmed and and lonely feeling worse. We want to help them go through this feeling to allow them to develop strength once again and develop the ability to think. These were just some side notes that I had before we want to go over now to the actual mistakes that we can make or most likely also have made when we use consequences. And the first one, when we set up some kind of consequences, once again, is having too high expectations. What I already said, talking about, um, uh, what's it, talking about instructions, setting up instructions and rules. And when we have too high expectations, also from the consequence, once again, we doom our children to fail from the get-go. There's nothing they can do when our expectations are too high for the consequence that we want to use in that moment or also for the rule that we set up when the expectations are too high they will fail and it will create a circle like a cat biting its own tail that it will just amplify and amplify and amplify and will never stop which is obviously something nobody wants to deal with the children doesn't don't want it you don't want that because that's a lot of stress so it's a win-win situation to always manage your expectations. Like I said before, when you don't know a lot of that's one of the most frequent questions I get asked. What about my son is two years old, three years old, my my girl is four years old, five years old. What can I expect? Once again, best advice that I can give is ask the teachers, kindergarten teachers, school teachers that work with your children on a daily basis. They know your children quite well. They're professionals. They should be able to give you some guidance. Adding to that, we also want to manage our expectations to the situation. I got a small story actually from my mom for that, that she told me about that years ago, and it made so much sense to me that I want to, I want to give that on. Because she was talking about how a lot of times children have tamper tantrums or get really whiny and, and just unpleasant when you go grocery shopping, which a lot of people here I'm sure do know that the moment or there's some moments you go grocery shopping with your children and it's just, uh, it's hard. Children are whiny and just very, very unnice situation for the children for us and everybody around us and my mom told me well she never quite understood that in a in a way because when she could already notice that we would get a little cranky after school and then she wanted to go grocery shopping she gave us 
like I said before, a few warnings and was like, hey, this is not flying. We got to go grocery shopping. That's not okay. But when we couldn't stop just being so cranky and whiny that she already realized, all right, grocery shopping doesn't make a lot of sense right now. Because when we go grocery shopping now, it will be nightmare for a nightmare for everybody who is involved in that moment. And she just said like, all right, no grocery shopping then. I guess we go home. And that was the end of the story. We just went home. She told us, well, if you don't go grocery shopping, there's not going to be any sort of good food. Usually there was a little bit of food in the fridge. Like most people, you don't go grocery shopping when it's completely empty. You go grocery shopping when it's almost empty. And then we ate whatever was left. And that's the end of the story. We learned, all right, that it's, it doesn't work this way when we are cranky and complaining about everything. We cannot go grocery shopping that way. And when we can go grocery shopping, there will not be any sort of yummy food that we might enjoy. And that's what we have to live with in that moment. Very pragmatic, very simple. Got a lot of misunderstandings out of the way. And it was not a punishment of any sort because there was also no emotional abuse or any sort of that involved it was just quite clear-cut it's just all right that's that's what it is i guess we go home then and i think that's a way very good way of handling your 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 expectations too when i already see all right my kids get so cranky on the way to the grocery store that's not going to work and just go home toast for the rest of the night it's fine try tomorrow again but there was just a little side story from my mom basically how how she tried to manage her expectation and obviously she all also didn't get get it right all the time but we all just try our best and that's kind of what it is and now i want to move on to the second mistake that happens a lot of times which is basically randomness and randomness of consequence can can kind of show up in in different ways one of the ways could be that we threaten with a consequence. If you don't stop, this will happen. And it never happens. It never happens. We count to three and nothing happens. Which that obviously creates a problem in itself that they learn like, well, it's just empty threats and there's no actual consequence coming. So I can do whatever I want if that is really the case as a child. And that's why we want to avoid that. Or also... Waiting too long with the consequence. We give warning after warning, and after the 28th time, we got finally so mad that now we completely overreact. And that's a problem, which is why I prefer to the rule of one to two warnings, maybe three warnings, and then there needs to be some kind of action, a justified and well-reasoned action consequence conversation whatever it is that you choose in that moment but there has to be some kind of action because if you wait for too long we all get incredibly angry at some point and then things are not in proportion anymore we always want to make sure that this consequence that we have is in the right proportion towards towards uh towards the, the problematic behavior. I was losing the word there. And that's very important that we do not wait for too long or not use consequences at all. Because when we, 
do not use consequences at all and we just give warning after warning and nothing ever happens, we lose all our credibility. It's kind of like in real life when we always just talk about what we're going to do and we never do something, we will lose a lot of credibility with everybody that surrounds us most likely. Adding to all this randomness that can happen when we try to use consequences, it can happen or it happens to a lot of people that we give an initial consequence. Let's say, all right, you have to go play in your room now for five minutes or whatever it is that you might have as a consequence. And then right after we go like, ah, now you know what, it's fine. So this flip-flopping between all right, there's a consequence, we use the consequence, but then we never follow through on the whole consequence. We just basically use half the consequence that we said we would do in the first place. So this flip-flopping is also very confusing in that moment for a lot of children, and they cannot really make out what's the deal right now, which again makes it really hard to estimating the situation they're in. And estimating the rules and the instruction and all of this surrounding will get called into question when we always start to flip-flop. Because we want to create a mostly secure and clear environment for our children, which would be probably the underlying topic of the whole situation, to make something as clear and secure for our children as possible so they can navigate through this maze kind of that that we put up hopefully not a confusing maze but they will be somewhat of a maze to be like oh okay that's how that working are oh, i'm gonna turn left here i hope you kind of get the point so we want to make that as clear as possible because otherwise the walls are always changing it's like in a movie and you never know where to go because everything is in such a consistent change that there's no clear way of saying all right i should do it this way and it's the same way for using these consequences that we do not start flip-flopping the whole time and first saying yes and then no and then oh, you know what i should have used that consequence and you can have ice cream you can have no ice cream maybe you can have a little bit of ice cream ah you know what actually you shouldn't have ice cream this is a, it gets my head spinning which is why we should not we should definitely avoid being so inconsequent in these moments and flip-flop the whole time. The last mistake for today that I want to take a quick look at is criticizing the child itself. That can happen through a few ways. First of all, when we get too emotional, what I started to mention a little bit before, we start to not criticize the action of the child or the, the behavior we start criticizing the child as a person and we definitely want to stay away from that because we have to be thinking about the situation that our children are in our children are not naturally capable of taking care of their own survival on an everyday basis they are reliant on the grown-ups around them to protect them, take care of them, provide for food, all of these things. Obviously, they, they might be a little bit able to do that the older they get. But in general, we can say children are dependent on us grown-ups. And the moment we do not judge their behavior, but them as a person, 
it really messes with their development of identity. It will leave a lot of negative emotions behind, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt that's pretty much undeserved at that point. And it also blocks them from any sort of feeling safe, making sure they are able to think themselves creatively and start to find new solutions because they will not develop that type of security. So when we get too emotional, too angry, or sometimes even too sad, that can be even worse than anger in a lot of moments. We threaten not... We, we threaten their existence, basically. And that's obviously a big, big issue that we're dealing with in those moments. This point is also really important because children cannot differentiate as much as grown-ups yet between their behavior and themselves. They kind of see themselves as an entity with their behavior. So when we, when we are not making clear that we talk about the situation or the behavior, not about themselves, they will start to mix that up. So we have to make this very, very clear to make sure our focus needs to be on the situation. When we talk to a child about that problematic situation, I do not say, do you see what you did? I talk about, all right, we had, this has happened. And okay, we were hitting, and we are making sure that we always go back with the focus to the behavior, create this distance between the child as a person itself and the behavior, because we need to change the behavior, not the child as a person. One thing that could be even worse is when we are not letting the situation be the situation and keep continuing over hours to pound on that one incident. So we want to make sure that once the situation is over and we have it cleared up somehow, they apologized, for example, when they hit someone or they even hit us. As a kindergarten teacher, I've been hit by quite, by quite a bunch of children. That happens. That happens. But the moment we, we figured that situation out, and I talk to the child, they most likely, a lot of times, they apologize because they also feel bad themselves. Then I made sure that the situation is over. I wasn't mad for the next five hours because that brings a lot of insecurity for the children. I was making sure that we leave on a good term, that I'm like, all right, good, that was a bad situation, but you know what? We're fine again. We figured it out. It's okay. And even if there was a situation that made me angry, I want to make sure that the child I was dealing with was able to figure out that this, this situation is going to be fine. Our relationship is okay. I do not want the relationship between me and the child be attacked in a way like that. We also have another additional benefit the moment we start to we start to make sure that the un, that our children understand that the relationship is fine and we do not criticize them as a person. Because at some point we will get angry. Everybody gets angry sometimes and it will not be we will not be able to avoid these emotional moments all the time and actually we shouldn't i think counterpoint i do not think we should avoid it all the time because children need to 
learn how to deal with these moments. It's it's a normal thing. People will get angry. Our partners will get angry. Business partners will get angry. There will be friends will get angry at us. And we need to learn kind of how to handle emotions from other people as well. So it's good to show that honestly. And when we have the strength of a relationship, though, that they understand that it's not about themselves and we we do not hate them as a whole being, which would be horrific. Um, And that also the relationship that they're so dependent on is not being jeopardized in any way. They will learn how to handle emotions, not just from us, but also from other people and other situations and become way more stable mentally in their future. So it's important to prevent all these type of things, to create that stability of relationship once again, which is a little bit something for the next podcast episode, the triangulation, but also making sure that they step-by-step learn how to differentiate between their behavior and themselves and the criticism towards maybe their behavior and themselves. Because we all made these mistakes. All of these mistakes I was talking about today, doesn't matter if it's about consequences, if it's about instructions and rules, we all made them. I made these mistakes and it is completely normal. I can just say that once again, it is completely normal to have made some or even all of these mistakes. We just should try to strive for the ideal. And when we do not hit the ideal, it's completely fine. We try to do it better next time. Or worst case, we when, when we really messed up bad, happened to me as well, then we go to the child and talk about that and say, you know what? Timmy, Timmy is always my go-to name. Timmy, that was not okay what I did. And I'm sorry. I'm a grown-up and I can't apologize. I'm sorry. And next time I will do better. And that's a completely fine and normal thing to do. When as a grown-ups, as a grown-up, we do something wrong. It's completely fine. Doesn't matter if it's a parent, a school teacher, a kindergarten teacher, some other sort of professional that, that works with children. It's actually a good role model in that moment to do these type of things and stand up and own your own mistakes in these moments. So that should wrap it up for our episode. Today we talked about some mistakes we make when we use consequences, when we try to set up rules or give instructions. I hope some of the things that I said could help you out a little bit. If they don't, that's fine as well. The motto is take what you need, leave what you don't. Like I said before, I do not really believe in fixed consequences, uh, concepts, sorry. I do not believe in fixed concepts because everybody we're dealing with on a daily basis is way too different to have one concept that works. I believe more in an individual style and idea of treating children also treating yourself as parents. Thank you very much for listening. If you got any kind of question, leave us a comment or send us an email at podcast at Like I said, don't worry, you don't have to learn German. Take a look in the description, you'll find all the links there. We also have a webpage called wiesenabenteuereltern.de. 
also in the description. We have trips around Berlin. We have some consultation if you got more questions. Also got a Facebook page. So like us, share us, subscribe us. I hope to hear you again. And with that, I say have a great day. Stay healthy and I'll hear you soon. <laughs>